Welcome to Puzzling It Out, Thought and Perspectives from the Clinical Psychologist. Hello, my name is Dr. Gail Lewis, your podcast host, and a clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. For today's topic, I wanted to talk about women's relationships with women. And the initial incentive for me to talk about this came from a course that I was involved in for a period of, I guess about four months, several years ago. And it was taught by a woman who likes to be called Mama Gina. And she is the director and I'm guessing CEO of a school in New York called the School of Womanly Arts. And much of the course is focused on women's sexuality and the way we treat ourselves in regards to our sexuality and our empowerment and self-disempowerment around it. And basically with a model working towards taking back our right to feel good about our bodies and about our sexuality and about addressing how women tend to give over their power to men and to prioritize men's desires over our own. There's a lot more to it than that, but uh, that was the basic premise for the course. However, there, there was something that kept getting emphasized by Mama Gina during the course, and it was um, 900 women who signed up for this and who attended from all over the world. And while uh, she wanted to make this a space for every woman, um, every woman identified as um, either a cis heterosexual woman, as a homosexual woman, as a transgender woman, as someone who is non-binary, for example. In fact, everything that she talked about was from a heteronormative perspective. So uh, it was it was a bit contradictory in, in that respect. And it was one of the issues that felt like an impediment for this particular issue that I'm going to mention. Not the most important impediment, but an impediment nonetheless. She felt that, first and foremost, in order for we as individual women to empower ourselves, we needed to see each other, each other women, as a sisterhood, as um, individuals who have each other's backs no matter what and are there for each other no matter what and who support one another and she she did what she could 
I suppose, to make it so that the format encouraged that through exercises, through um, role-playing, through, through talking exercises, through homework assignments that we had um, in between the in-person courses. And I remember when she first brought this up and I looked around the room and I thought about how is this possibly going to address issues of competitiveness and envy and I guess felt resentments and jealousies that women typically feel towards each other. We don't necessarily talk about it with each other. Uh, we're not trained, so to speak, to talk about things that are so difficult with each other. And to, to be really upfront and honest about those kinds of feelings. And yet, that wasn't discussed. We were expected to hold the space for this feeling and belief and attachment to a sense of sisterhood with each other. And just a very small example of how I felt that there was something utterly ridiculous about it was the way that the seating was set up um, there was always, no matter which form we were in, and we, we had to switch forms every now and again, there was always a stage in the front and you know, lots and lots of seats that uh, were like in an auditorium, so to speak. And we were allowed in in the morning at a particular time. We lined up outside of the forum. Uh, so we would do that in the morning when the program was starting and also after lunch we would line up and coveted seats were the seats in the front because you were closer to the stage you were closer to mama gina you were closer to whatever was happening on the stage and often there was a lot happening on the stage you were likely to get picked on if in in a positive way to participate in particular activities and there was no effort made to make it an egalitarian system so that people who, for example, sat in the front in the morning couldn't also sit in the front in the afternoon. The, the shoving and the, the pushing and the running uh, to the front seats was was incredible. Um, I, in fact, tripped and fell. Uh, not trying to get to the front, actually. I was trying to get to a different seat, but I'm surprised more people did not injure themselves in, in the process. The, the possessiveness over particular seats and the entitlement to be in particular places 
the entitlement to speak over one another, to have personal conversations when we were being spoken to by a guest lecturer, for example, was to me incredibly striking and never addressed. Once again, there was an expectation that no matter what, we support each other, we love each other, we encourage each other, we encourage each other's beings as humans, we encourage each other's bodies. And, and I say that because there are many exercises around sexuality that were, I was going to say required us, but we were never required to do anything. We, we had our free will to exercise, but it was emphasized that to get the most out of the program, it would be very useful for each of us to push our boundaries and perhaps do things that we wouldn't necessarily do in other situations that might make us a bit uncomfortable. For example, um, getting naked in front of each other, which was something that would come up in almost every session that we had. And it was made to be a fun exercise. It was made to be a taking pleasure in yourself and in other people's bodies and normalizing the differences in people's bodies. And not everybody did it, and that was fine. Uh, but there was also, from my perspective, um, a, actually a, a joyful aspect to doing that and just seeing how we all could be in a space with each other, with our bodies, um, with the expectation that we would not be judging each other's bodies, which women do all the time. Um, and we do it to ourselves, we do it to others, even though, again, it was pretty specifically stated in this course that we need to hold the space to not do that. But it's a very reflexive experience for women to do that. And uh, women of every shape, size, skin color, ethnicity, race, um, age were, were there and we'd be looking out of curiosity um, and there were people who would not even participate. One woman I knew in particular who wouldn't because she felt incredibly ashamed and she, she just felt that it was an uncomfortable position, not a safe space to do this in. And there were more than one, one woman who had that kind of experience. And um, as a psychologist, I mean, I was, I am a psychologist, but I was there as a participant, but I couldn't help but use my psychologist brain to be observant and curious about what was happening. I was very aware of a lot of bullying from the 
from Mama Gina to some people who were having a difficult time pushing limits um, and a lack of respect for their felt difficulty in doing so and a lot of bullying from the group for people to push their limits a group think model so to speak and I found it incredibly troubling um, but at the same time also very emblematic of my experience of how women generally are towards each other which is a very sad thing to say I don't believe that women in general um, and I have to specify in general are supportive of each other are uh, beings who reflexively have each other's backs who um, from a first a first perspective of meeting someone comes from a place of openness and, and feeling welcoming and feeling accepting. I, I think that that comes in time and getting to know one another, though I don't, I don't believe that that ever ends. I don't believe that, that those tendencies to judge and our natural feelings of being envious of one another, what others look like, what others have, what we want and others have that we don't have. Um, envy being one of the more difficult feelings for women to experience towards each other and to feel the envy of another woman towards them. And that's one feeling that I find both in my practice and in, in my actual life outside of my office that doesn't ever get talked about and if it does it's incredibly difficult to do so uh, women are jealous of each other women see one another in terms of not just of themselves but how they measure up or how they measure down and even in solid friendships, and I, I, have, I have the fortune of having several very solid friendships. I, I can say with, with all honesty, and, and this, is, this is not a function of each of the people that I'm friends with. I think it's a function of the dyad that there are a select few people whom I consider my friends in which there is total and complete honesty with one another um, in terms of if there is a situation that makes one of us angry. It might take a lot of time for one of us to be able to express it and manage it in the space between us, but it we, we do talk about our resentments and our angers and our hurts with each other. But that actually is unusual. And 
you would think that in a deep, meaningful, trusting relationship with a girlfriend that you can say and do anything. Um, but we don't. There is a fear of retribution. There is a fear of the relationship not being able to tolerate the, uh, I guess, what feels like chaotic expression of a woman's anger. And I say it like that because, you know, we as, we as women, we as like little girls, we, we don't have a lot of training, so to speak, as to how to, in a constructive way, express when we're disappointed and express when we're angry and express when we're hurt. Uh, boys are taught that in either an unconscious or a conscious way uh, and how to deal with it in, in a conscious way. You know, they, they have fights and then they're done with it. Although I don't necessarily believe they're done with it, but that's kind of how they act as if, okay, they've, they've had their argument, they've had their fist fight and then they go and have a beer together. And women don't do that. Uh, even if they do express how they feel, uh, that causes conflict between themselves and a friend. And even if the friend seems to take it in and they have a conversation about it, there's usually residue from that. Um, it's there's often awkwardness from that and it can take some time before that space can contain some healing and some uh, remedying of whatever that hurt was or whatever that experience of being told there's a conflict between us and we have to deal with it. So and we say that we we support each other as as women and as friends and i i think that there is some truth to that but i i don't i don't believe that there's complete truth about that and i find that to be incredibly sad I, f I find that um, that yeah, I just I find that to be incredibly sad that and I say this right now as a psychologist that one of the things that I try to help the people in my practice do is be in touch with the whole array of feelings that we as humans have the ability to avail ourselves of, some of which are you know, more difficult to sit with than others. And yet, as I do that in my practice, being able to identify these feelings and encourage my patients to talk about them and to sit with them and to 
negotiate what it feels like and maybe even to go outside of our sessions and practice engaging in them with themselves and with other people I, I just hear time and time again in with my female patients and with the females in my life that there's just things just don't get resolved and there's there's just a space of dishonesty that always seems to exist there that we accept as being part of what relationships with women have to contain. Um, unresolved, unaddressed, challenging, conflictual feelings. And I, I take issue with that, even though I know that I contribute in my own relationships to perpetuating that. I still take issue with that because I think that our relationships can be better and um, our relationships can be more honest and when in my experience they have been more honest the trust and the love deepens in in these female relationships and when I think back to the course that I took with Mama Gina there was such a hypocrisy in what was being taught that we are meant to have each other's backs, that she encouraged us to communicate freely and openly with each other, while simultaneously bullying us to do things that we were uncomfortable doing and not respecting that it's hard to be real and honest and genuine. Um, not just with other people, but with ourselves. And if we can't do that with ourselves, how can we do that with other women? So, I don't really have a conclusion, except that I think this is an issue that needs to keep getting talked about. And that women ought to really think about their relationships with the women in their lives and what influenced them to engage the way they do with the women in their lives. And before I stop this, I will, I will, I will offer this, that, <coughs> excuse me, the primary model that I had in my life for how women deal with other women um, was someone who was incredibly destructive and who could not manage her own envy and her own jealousy and her own rage and her own conflicts with the women in her life and the way that she chose 
though I don't think it really was a choice, the way that she compulsively would deal in these moments because they were just too, too difficult, I think, for her to, to tolerate was not to try to work things out, but to just cut people out of her life. And that was my primary model of a woman dealing with how to negotiate relationships with other women, including her daughter. So, needless to say, I do not wish to emulate that particular model, and I work very hard, not always successfully, but I work very hard to strive to being a woman other than the woman I am referring to, and take responsibility for when I don't succeed in those efforts and try to manage those challenging moments and try to honor my, my true feelings and say what's on my mind. Um, often finding, in fact, that it actually ends up being a lot easier, to be honest, than what my imagination has me believing it might be like. That the person that I'm scared of telling some something to, something that I'm upset about, or something that I'm worried about or angry about, that it actually turns out to be much less scary in doing so than in imagining what ends up being, in my mind, a very awful scenario. So I want you to think about that. I think that there's such a long history of women not being there for each other, but I'd like to have some hope that maybe, maybe we can individually try to make differences for ourselves and create more honesty between each other and to be more interested in those challenging feelings like jealousy and envy and competitiveness and anger and fear that come up between ourselves and the women in our lives. Be curious about it and maybe dip our toes into that negotiating space that we're so likely to avoid and see what happens. And you might find out that it actually is a very constructive outcome. You never know. Thank you for listening as always. If you have any questions or comments on this podcast or on any of the other podcasts that I have, please go to my webpage, which is drgaillewis.com. On the podcast page, there's a place for comments. There's also information about how to contact me. There's my email address and my office phone number. 
If you'd like to talk to me further about any of these topics, if you have any questions about my practice, about the kind of work that I do, or about anything that, again, I've spoken about in this podcast or in others, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always interested in having a conversation. Stay safe, be well, and again, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.